friends welcome to 40,000 steps radio i'm your host christopher heimerman and i am not a licensed healthcare professional i'm not a doctor i'm not a counselor no i'm a guy with 1204 days of sobriety and i'm a guy with the gumption to put his story out there my story has taken some twists and some turns and that's why i'm here today to really dial in on those changes and how i'm turning and facing the strange Always nice to check in, fly solo, get you up to speed on what's happening in my bubble because I'm always so fascinated what's happening in other people's worlds. But here's a little update on what's going on with me. I'm looking out the window and it's a beautiful day for me to get my 40,000 steps in for all of us to get our 40,000 steps in. So let's get it. Do I sound a little subdued? Do I sound a little melancholy? Well, first off, I'm in this new space as I touched on in the season three opener with Greg Studzinski. If you haven't listened yet, you should go back and listen to it. He raised a whole lot of money by hiking 123 miles uh, for Street Angels here in Milwaukee. Uh, but since then, I have tried to soundproof the studio and clearly my half measure uh, did not do the trick because my voice is still bouncing everywhere in this room because there's nothing to absorb it apart from these dozen soundproofing tiles that I just mounted on my wall. There's supposed to be two dozen. There's supposed to be two dozen in the pack and I'm going to write the seller and tell him. Where's my other 12 panels? Not going to get caught up on any negative energy there. I just want what's mine, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm a little subdued over the fact that the new studio is a, is a, a work in progress. But the main reason why I'm bummed is because I woke up this morning at about 5.30, somewhere between 5.30 and 6 a.m., to the sound of my Black Lab Dexter using the bathroom on my bedroom carpet. Dexter's almost 13, and he has shown a reluctance to eating. He's having a really hard time with arth- his arthritis, folks. The, the, the Rainbow Bridge is not far off on the horizon, so I'm bummed about that. And that's a nice segue into the chief part of this episode, as I catch you up on what's going on with me, is that... My wife, Kayla, and I separated a few months ago, and we're going through a divorce. And Dexter has been one of the mainstays of the majority of our relationship. We adopted Dexter when he was just about a year old, back in October of 2011. And one of the memories that stands out for me, because he's always been our guy through everything... One of the things that stands out for me was when we had our girls, Hannah and Elise, in August of 2013. And we had the we had an incredibly smooth 
delivery. We were only at the hospital for three days. Nonetheless, we got back home and Kayla sat down in the kitchen with Dexter with his big, his big moose head in her lap. And she just sobbed because there was the familiarity of being back with Dexter after such an emotional time. You know, we were sleep deprived, but I'll always remember that very visual of Dexter being there while Kayla cried. And so the deal with Kayla and me is that we are going through an extremely amicable divorce. And there's something that I wrap my brain around early in this process. And one of the reasons why I'm doing this, you know, I I don't want to like stand on the mountaintop and preach. You know, I, I don't really enjoy that very much in podcasts, but I'm just sharing what I've learned and what I've experienced. Because for many years, Kayla and I, you know, had been growing apart and we were very careful about how much we shared with each other. You know, we weren't always fully honest with each other. And in the days after us deciding that we were separating, you'd see pictures or you'd see just about anything throughout the course of your day that reminded you of our life together and what we've been through together. And my knee jerk reaction was that there was like this big, like thumbprint. There's this big smudge through all those memories. Like they're all tarnished now. When in reality, after we decided to, to split, Kayla and I started being brutally honest with each other. You know, we stopped being really careful about each other's feelings And we started saying exactly what we felt, you know, as we delved into the logistics of who was going to live where, what the arrangement was going to be. You know, there was a night when I was brutally honest with Kayla and I said, I do not want to cohabitate with you. You know, you and I are on different vibrations, different wavelengths. I was like, I want my place. I want you to have yours. I don't want to live with you anymore, which sounds brutal, right? But it's the truth. And I said to her, I was like, I, I, if I were you, I wouldn't want to live with me either. <laughs> and I think that the, I'm pretty sure that that was the same night that I said to her, I was like, I need you to say the words out loud. Because at that point, we had decided we were separating. I asked her, I was like, do you have any desire to reconcile or do you want to divorce? And she said she wanted to divorce. And I said, me too. And there was this massive weight that lifted off of us. You could just feel the tension ease. And that was a Saturday. I know this because the following day was a Sunday and we were sitting on the couch together the next morning. And I hadn't felt that close to Kayla in years because we were finally being honest with each other. And it occurred to me because from that couch, you could look up to the landing of the second floor of our home, actually a tri-level technically, but semantics. You could see our wedding pictures, the spread of our wedding pictures on the wall in that landing. And it occurred to me that all of those memories that we've shared, all the times that we've spent together, our wedding day, our vacations, the birth of our children, 
uh, all of the little adventures we've been on, all the struggles that we've been on, those things don't have to change. They are still as real and as precious and important as they ever were because that is still our story. What keeps those memories from being tarnished is being completely open and honest with each other going forward. So fast forward a few a few months. How's it going, right? <laughs> How are we holding up? Well, it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows, and Kayla would tell you that too. I mean, it would be weird if it was. But things are going well. We continue to be open and honest about our concerns, about what we want, what we want as individuals. Because that was a big thing that was missing in our marriage was our individuality. So if I'm going to stand on this mountaintop and like and, and spew forth knowledge from the mountain, that was one thing that we lost a bit in our marriage was our individuality. And I would go so far as to say that was what Kayla lost a lot because I got sober. And this is a very real thing that... You know, if a marriage survives one of the partners getting clean, oftentimes that person who gets clean ends up going through a massive growth spurt like I did, and the relationship ends up becoming fractured. And that was very much the situation in our case. So I continued to grow as an individual, which felt good, but as I did so, Eventually, I kind of started to feel as though I needed to suppress myself because when you start sharing your story, you do a podcast, you do some speaking and stuff, you know, you get a lot of you get a lot of love, you get a lot of adulation, you get a lot of attaboys. But I was so aware of the dynamic in our marriage that Kayla felt like she was trying to exist in my spotlight that I began to try to like... (laughs) To try to be a little bit quieter. You know, if I was sharing, you know, links to podcast episodes, uh, it, it was hard for me to continue to like bring attention to myself, which there's actually a long standing thing going on with me with the whole getting attention thing. I was chatting with a, a friend of mine about karaoke and I was a music education major. I've been singing all my life. I can, man, I can sing. And when I go to karaoke, it's the perfect example of like, I can like go up and like slay it. Like my go-to song is What It Takes by Aerosmith and I can just let it rip. And it feels awesome while I'm up there. But the moment that the song is over and people are saying that was awesome, I feel so embarrassed and so small. Like there is a big piece of me that still has that self-loathing or whatever it is to where I want the attention, but I have no idea how to handle it once I get it. (laughs) So that's a bit of a tangent, but going back to the dynamic of our marriage, you know, I began to try to sort of suppress myself and that's not healthy. I have to be careful with this episode By and large, this is kind of a quick get in, get out. Here's what's going on with me because I'm an open book and I I, I need all of you folks out there to know what's going on with me. (laughs) It's important context because, I mean, talk about life changes. We decided to separate. 
We moved to Wisconsin. Here I am in Germantown trying to set up this studio. And now my dog is dying. It's a lot. And it's important that y'all have that context. All right, but before I do delve into it, I got to say a few words about a few of my chair sponsors. You know I'm an anxious person. Well, I'm really worried about my good friend, Mother Earth. And that's why I love Bamboo Works. Bamboo Works creates stylish, sustainably made, high-quality sports apparel. Headbands, wristbands, gaiters, beanies, even performance masks. The wristbands, they've got this pocket where you can put your ID or frozen gel packs. Bamboo Works does more than athletic apparel. You gotta check out their amazing trucker hat. It's got that rubber enclosure, so if you're like me and you like to flip the cap around, it's not going to leave that annoying dent in your forehead. Bamboo Works sources its product materials in eco-friendly, sustainable manner. This goes beyond the apparel. They're focused on sustainability when it comes to production and their packaging. We're all trying to do our part to take care of the planet, but shouldn't we look good doing it? That's where Bamboo Works comes in. Visit BambooWorks.com, that's B-A-M-B-U-W-E-R-X.com to learn more, or head to 40,000steps.com to check out Bamboo Works' exclusive line of 40,000 Steps gear. Bamboo Works, skin-friendly, earth-safe, it's apparel for today's active lifestyle. Folks, if you or someone you love might have an issue with drinking, drugs, mental illness, or anger management, it's time to get in touch with my friends at DUI and Behavioral Health Counseling Centers here in Northern Illinois. It's time to set up an assessment. You've got nothing to lose. Depending on your situation, the assessment could be free. My friend Ron Parch and his team use their 25 years of experience to build an individualized treatment plan that's confidential and effective. They approach people in distress with respect, and I cannot stress enough how important that is to feel respected when you're going through something. DUI and Behavioral Health Counseling Centers has offices in Sycamore, Plano, and Crystal Lake. Check out DUISycamore.com or call 815-895-9000 and set up an evaluation today. Write this down, folks. Call 815-895-9000, visit DUISycamore.com, or you can email duibhs at gmail.com. I say it on the podcast a lot, exercise is medicine. Well, my favorite pediatrician and running coach, Michelle Quirk, is helping countless people get healthy and realize their potential through her business, Mindful Marathon. Maybe you're looking to run a mile without stopping, or maybe you want to train for a 5K or an ultra marathon. Maybe you're a former track star who hasn't laced them up in years. Michelle meets her clients where they are and she gets results. She does so by building individualized training plans. She'll be with you every step of the way with regular calls and support. Go to mindful-marathon.com and download Michelle's free workshop or her Couch to Confidence four-week walk plan. Every runner starts from somewhere even if that mile is zero. Michelle's going to meet you there, she's going to root for you, and Michelle's going to be there to celebrate with you at the finish line. So go to mindful-marathon.com and start your journey today. But I do want to dig into this for a moment, and I want to be careful 
because we're all in different places. I mean, it's funny. You look at the highlight reel on social media and so many folks, when we finally went public with our separation and our pending divorce, so many people were like, I had no idea. Well, of course you didn't, you know, because we only share the good stuff. And, you know, some of us, like sometimes I will share my individual struggles, but there's no way that I would show like the warts and the struggles of my marriage. It's, you know, there's, there's too much of that sanctity thing going on and trust, you know, and, um, there might be some couples out there who sort of, you know, share what's going on warts and all, but so I know that there are a lot of people out there listening to this who might be having a hard time in their marriage, in their relationship, in their friendships, whatever it is where you have invested yourself with somebody and you have something of a partnership. As it pertains to our situation, our daughters deserve to have the very best version of mom and dad. Within our marriage, we were no longer able to love each other the way that we deserve to be loved. We could no longer make each other happy, which is unfair to everybody involved. I'm certain that the girls picked up on tension in the household. I'm certain that it isn't lost on them that there wasn't very much affection between mommy and daddy, which it makes me tear up just to say that what they need is they need modeling in their life of happy parents who are living their fullest life. They need parents who are open and honest and in relationships where they are growing together. So this isn't the part where I'm telling you that if it's not working to consider separating, I suppose this is the part where I'm telling you that if it isn't working, that it's time to be honest about it and do something. Go to couples counseling. Be honest with each other. But perhaps you're only able to be honest with each other through the help of, you know, a Sherpa of sorts, a therapist who can help you both be honest in a safe space. I don't look back on anything with regret. Is there part of me that wishes that Kayla and I had gone to couples counseling and maybe found a way to make it work? Sure. But there's a much bigger part of me, and this is that through line with everything in life, there is a huge part of me that is so grateful for where we are now. There's a lot of ways in my life where I have never felt this locked in before. I feel locked in as a parent. I feel like myself coming back out again. I find myself singing in the shower. I My spontaneity has come back. There's a lot of ways in which I am extremely grateful for this season of life. As it pertains to my relationship with Kayla, I am so incredibly grateful that we remain friends and that we continue to root for each other because our story continues. It just looks different now. On the topic of therapy, <laughs> I do want to share something that, and this is kind of, this is, this is where everything is on a spectrum. No two stories are the same. I went into our counseling session with the assumption that I was going to walk in as the grandmaster of all things self-help and 
mental health and that we were going to go in there and I was going to tell our therapist, look, I think we need to get our girls into therapy. And he was going to be like, absolutely. In all actuality, he heard both sides from myself and Kayla. Kayla being of the opinion that we didn't want to create a problem where there wasn't one. And ultimately, our therapist saw Kayla's point of view and said, I think you're on to something there. I think that you remain engaged with the girls. And if and when they indicate that they would like to go to therapy, that then you, that then you do it. I was pissed. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was angry. I was like, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, don't we want to head off problems before they arise? Don't we want to be proactive rather than reactive? And, you know, I still don't know what the correct answer is there. Like I said, no two stories are the same. No two therapists are the same. However, <laughs> I ended up getting my win in that, like, if you've listened to some of this podcast, you know I'm a total snowflake. You know I'm a major liberal. I was driving the girls to Kayla's one morning. And I had therapy later that morning. And Anna, my little mini-me, who might look like Kayla, but has my personality, whereas Elise looks like me and has Kayla's personality. It's very interesting. Anna says to me, Dad, do you have to pay for therapy? <laughs> and she's like, yes, I think everybody should have it. And I was like, yeah, you have to pay for it. And she, Anna, I God, I love this girl. She gets so worked up about things. Like she gets really, really, she's pissed off that all the Halloween decorations are out already. <laughs> of all the hills for this child to die on, she gets really upset when like grocery stores and department stores start putting out holiday stuff like months in advance. It's adorable. But she's, she gets really, really charged up. And so she got up onto her soapbox in the back seat of the car and she was like, but people need it. So it, it should be free <laughs> to which I started chuckling and I was like, oh, my beloved little socialist in training. I was like, well, it's the same way that if you go to the doctor and you get stitches or if you have to have surgery, it's the same thing where you have to pay for it. You know, insurance, if you have insurance, it helps out. But yeah, you have to pay for health care. And she's just inconsolable. She's like, I just think that's dumb. And I was like, fun fact. Did you know that there are many countries in the world where healthcare is free? <laughs> ultimately, that political aside aside, uh, ultimately, Anna wanted to go to counseling, which warmed my heart because I think that everybody could stand to go to therapy. And then her sister wanted to go too. So the girls now go to therapy once every three weeks. It's like regular maintenance and it gives them a place where they can talk about their stuff to somebody other than mom and dad, because that's my thing that I know that Anna can't come to me about everything because guess what? Some of those, th some of those things are about me. She needs a neutral place where she can go and talk about stuff. And she said it not in so many words, but she said that herself, my God, my child gets it. It just makes me incredibly proud. So the girls are in counseling. I'm in counseling. It's, we're making it work, man. You know, this time of year is always really, really tricky. Because we're getting into the holiday seasons. And, you know, we always have to be really wary of what it's going to be like when we don't have as much sunshine, when there's 
holiday get-togethers and there's Thanksgiving and there's all these opportunities for us to, to use. Which I know that not everybody who listens to this is sober, but this, you know, this is a through line with mental health. We know that this could potentially be, you know, a very dark time as we get into the fall and winter. Everybody loves the pumpkin spice. Everybody loves the fall until we sit in it for, you know, five or six weeks and then the snow starts falling. So that's why, I mean, I'm so glad that I'm locked in with a therapist and that the girls are doing well because this is about to be an absolutely hard time. With Thanksgiving, with Christmas, with the way that these new holidays are going to look. This is actually this episode is dropping on my birthday. I'm recording it the day before. So September 6th. Happy 43rd birthday to me. It looks a bit different this time around. It looks different because I'm going to wake up in my bed alone. The girls are going to go to school and I'm not going to see them until I pick them up after school. It's different. So... I'm doing my best to be proactive about things. You know, I, I just completed my, my very first triathlon. I keep putting in the exercise. I'm trying to eat well, trying to do the meditation thing. I tried out a new church, I'm dabbling with that a little bit. We can talk about that at another time. I'm working the program, man. I'm taking it one day at a time and being grateful that the days just keep showing up. I am extremely grateful to be back in Milwaukee, in the greater Milwaukee area. I've spent a lot of time in the city, and I wanted to share this to kind of bring things home. I went to an Idols concert at the Riverside Theater on Saturday night. A huge Idols fan. Um, it was an incredible show. The music was life-affirming, but what sticks with me is is the band's front man, Joe Talbot, an incredibly charismatic guy. He he said some things, he did sort of some monologues during several of the songs. And one of the one of the chief threads of their music is it's really hard rock. It's post-punk. But there is this message of love and acceptance and looking out for one another throughout their music. And so he said a lot of things that really just really just shook me in the best way possible. Before they launched into the song The Wheel, he said, I'm Joe and I'm an alcoholic and an addict. And he went on to say that his mother was also an addict. And that the difference between her death and his life is you. And by you, of course, he was speaking to the crowd. I immediately got on my phone immediately, you know, <laughs> wrote it in my notes in my phone. And I want to take this opportunity to say that the reason why I'm still here and living my very best life, I owe it to a lot of people. I owe it to you, the listener. But it behooves me to say that I have no illusions about the fact that I'm still here. I'm living a full life because of my ex, because of Kayla. And I'm eternally indebted to her for that. What do you think, man? Do you think that covers everything? You might have questions. If you got questions, send them to me. 40,000steps at gmail.com. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you supporting me. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I appreciate you sharing it with people who could use this stuff. 
I would greatly appreciate it if you gave it a rating and a review on whatever platform that you're listening to, because that helps the podcast get in front of more eyes and into more ears and we can keep building this community. So we're coming back next week. Next week, we're going to have Byron Thompson, who runs the local chapter of the Phoenix here in Milwaukee. Can't wait to chat with him. The Phoenix is amazing. It's a recovery group, a national recovery group with all these local chapters where the emphasis is on fitness in a recovery program. So Byron Thompson coming next week. Until then, folks, if it feels like things are falling apart outside of this space, right here, we are always coming together. I love you. And we'll catch you soon. Peace. We out. <laughs>